This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com says who. Look at me. Our Patreon, where every Sunday you get a bonus episode of this very podcast. Look at me. If you give it the five or ten dollar a month level. Look. And hey, if you give it that ten dollar a month level, you also get uh first of all. An amazing map of says Whovia mailed to you in a big tube. I'm doing octopus and arms. I'm not looking. What? And every month that you give it that ten dollar month level, you get a sticker in the mail because you are a member of the Says Who Sticker Club of nice, fun, excellent sticker designed by me, mailed to you by the teenager. My arms are getting tired. And delivered to your inbox, known as your mailbox. <laughs> Every month, because the Says Who Sticker Club loves you. Patreon.com slash Says Who. My arms are tired. You must be exhausted. I was doing octopus arms that whole time. I was looking off to the right, so it was only in the very, very corner of my eye, which does not see a lot of things very well. Mm. So that was just sort of this vague movement. But you just, you must need a nap now. Feel pretty good. Feel loose. All right. Well, that's good. Do you want to talk to us about books, Maureen? Oh, boy. I'm writing one right now. Yeah, I heard. It's a proper country house mystery. I love it. Murder. It's real complicated. I got stuff everywhere planning it. It's very intricate. That's fun. I have to make sure it's all right. It's like balancing an equation. If I get it wrong, it all explodes. That's true. Yeah. So if you want books... Mm -hmm. perhaps you'll consider mine. Now, if you, we've been through this. We've been through this. They know. They know. But if I really hope that when this one is done, that you guys will like it. I just really hope that. I hope it gives you, really entertains you, takes you on a little trip somewhere, gives you that classic country house murder feel. I hope so. I like it. Yeah. I Books. like it. That book will not be out right now, but there are other books written by Maureen Johnson. December 27th, baby. Look at that. Look at that. The day after Boxing Day, otherwise known as Murder Day. Yep. Murder Day. Murder Day comes out on Murder Day 2022. It's not called Murder Day. It is now. I mean, the book is not called Murder Day. No, but the day is. Yeah. Yeah. It's officially Murder Day. <laughs> anyway... If you want to buy some books and you want to buy them on the internet and you want to not buy them from, I don't know, a extraordinarily rich piece of shit, mm. you could go to kickbezosintheballs.org, which will connect you immediately to the Says Who bookshop where you can very quickly order Maureen's books or my books or other books, kickbezosintheballs.org. Dot org. While you're shopping on the internet, why not swing by merch.sayswhopodcast.com and get Says Who Podcast merchandise. It is uh, t-shirt weather soon, I hope. It's still shitty here in Chicago, but one would like to eventually wear a t-shirt. You can get lots of them at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Yes. Yes? That's it. Just ended with a yes. All right. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yes. I know. Yes. 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 Oh, my. Oh, it's getting. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, oh wow. Maureen, what's that sound? Hold on. Look up. 
What? What, what, is, what is that? I'm popping a few bubbles on this bubble wrap. In the but but why are you? Why do you sound so kind of muted? I'm in here. I'm here. I'm just. I'm. I'm here. You can see me through it, right? Hold on. Uh, let me cut. I'll cut a little hole for the. Okay. Hey, can you can you hear me now? Why are you wrapped in bubble wrap, Maureen? It's comfortable. I mean, I bet I, I'm sure that's true. Probably gets a little warm in there, though. Uh, it is warm. Uh, Oscar, before he went out today, he um he asked me to put this on. Um, so I'm sitting here. It's a little hard to move, but um, okay. he left me with a snack and some lunch, and um, so I'm pretty happy. I got my arms are kind of out, and yeah. uh, I can type, and I can I can hit these little, so I can pop these little. Oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Pop a couple. I feel good in here, Dan. I'm going to stay in here. I mean, it seems like you won't, you won't maybe have a repeat of your last week this way. Nothing can go wrong now. Really? Welcome. This is who the podcast that is. Oh, you guys, you don't understand how satisfying it is that every single week now he prepares himself. And then the just he puts his head down with disappointment when I catch him off guard. It's a coping I, strategy. Oscar lives with this. I, I can't even imagine. Like 100%. I am dancing. <laughs> this is what he lives with. I, I, yes. Good. That is good for the two of you. I'm very happy. Someone, for the he's two someone of you. who gets woken up in the middle of the night when me whispering, "Guess what?" He goes, oh, "What?" I go, "Chicken butt." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maureen Johnson. When we were in England, Oscar was trying to relax and take a bath. <laughs> for some reason, I thought it'd be really funny. Oh, to keep no. dragging things into the bathroom when he was trying to relax and just claim it was part of the spa experience. <laughs> just kept finding stuff in the house and dragging it in with him. And I'd be like, spa experience. And then I found a guitar. I can't play guitar, Dan, but I oh, sat good. there with that guitar. Spa experience. I'm sure he loved that. He is very patient. Yes. Yes. He doesn't yes. get surprised by stuff anymore. Well, that's good. He's like, yep. Nope, that checks out. You've just worn him down psychologically. Oh, no, he's so just well-balanced psychologically. Okay. He's just such a pleasant person that this doesn't phase him. <laughs> well, that's nice. Also, he spends most of his mental energy watching videos about Star Wars, space exploration, and chess. Okay. So, you know, he's happily thinking about other things. <laughs> he has a, You're just sort of this noise along the edge. It's like he lives with a sort of weird bird that follows him around and he's he's fine with it. Well, speaking of that weird bird, Maureen, mm. last week mm. on the proper says who episode, those mm. of you that listen to the bonus episode, you've gone a little further in the adventure with Maureen. But last week mm. you were preparing mm. for a colonoscopy. Okay, then we don't. Yes, that's all we have to say. And then things got weird for you, huh? Yes. Now, if you listen to the bonus, I went to this in depth. I'm not going to go into it in depth because you've already heard it. I told a half hour version of this. 
But here are the bullet points. Here's the TLDR. <laughs> that bucket of stuff they made me drink made me violently ill. Yeah. Made me very nauseous. Was not good for my tum-tum. I was very sick. And I had a terrible night. And then I got up and the, uh, the procedure itself was totally fine. Like, I woke up chatty. I came out of the anesthesia waving hello to all the people in the room, That's apparently. Nice I was like, hi. They're like, you're very friendly. I'm like, hello. So <laughs> then they they wheeled me out. I sat up right away. I wanted my apple juice and snack because I'm four fucking years old. Yeah. All of this story seems to prove that I'm four years old. But anyway, okay. drank my apple juice, ate my goldfish. I was like, can I go? And they're like, sure. So I wander out into the street. And they're like, you have a little anesthesia in your system, and it will be there for 24 hours, so don't drive tractors. And it's at 10-4. So I went home, and I was just doing casual things, Dan. Yeah. I had work to do, lots and lots of work to do, but also a couple household things, because I've just been away for like the better part of two weeks. Sure. Had to water the plants. Not a big so, deal. Very, wouldn't? very casual, simple thing to do. Yeah. I put the plants in the shower to water them. That's the misting shower thing. And then I went to pick them up after they drained. And one of the snake plants has a very, very they're tall. These yeah. My snake plants have gotten big and their tips are like little tiny spikes. Yeah. And they and then the leaves are rigid and that motherfucker went directly into my eye. Ow. And scratched my cornea. And I had to go to, and I had to stumble into the, and then Oscar sees me stumbling around clasped at hand he's in a work call by the way this whole time and i'm like Gah! and then you just see this like person wandering the hallway just kind of waving between the doorways i slept on a post-it that says i have to go to the uh uh city md i've just um uh, i've cut my eye on a plant so i cut my eye on a plant and um As one does and so look then i had to go back to the eye doctor among us. look apparently it happens a lot sure you can cut your eye on anything yeah, it's true. It's actually pretty easy. Yep. And it, That's, boy, does it hurt. You just wander by a plant and there's somebody clutching their eye. These tips are spiky. And I bent down to pick it up and it just went right into my eye. Hard yep. to see because they kind of are torqued in such a way that you can't see that the leaf is there. And then just went zoink. Anyway, it's still healing. <laughs> I really I, I, cut but it. You are it, you are seeing fine. It's a little blurry. Okay. Uh, because apparently it's a fairly large cut and it's across the middle, like it's pretty central. Okay. But it's healing up. It's healing up. <laughs> I may or may, like I may have to go in for a recheck, but it seems to be healing pretty well. Okay. I I had to go to the eye doctor the next day, and they had to take a really good look at it, and they're like, "Wow, you really cut your eye." And I said, "Yes, I did. I don't do things halfway." No. That's the so, thing. If you're going to cut your eye, you're going to cut that fucker in half. So I spent sort of the week barfing, getting anesthesia, cutting my eye open. <laughs> have you have have you been calamity free for at least a few days now? Mm -hmm. Yep. Excellent. That's not, what I like. I'm not to hear. really accident prone. You're not. In fact, you are a lucky son of a gun, Maureen mm -hmm. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Because last week, you got back from the United Kingdom. I sure did. And currently, in the United Kingdom, one in 13 people have COVID. It's a lot of COVID right now. And you did not get COVID. 
So I believe that the reasons we didn't get COVID are the following. Yeah. One, we landed there the day the restrictions lifted. Mm -hmm. So the, um, the virus was just start. I mean, everyone was maskless and out. It was just, it was it it messed with my brain something that was fierce. what what was the date on that was that the nineteenth mm, it was the eighteenth I think okay yes we flew, I flew on the eighteenth and the restrictions were lifted at four a.m. on the eighteenth yep so on the plane when the plane stopped and the the jetway was attached they made the announcement that officially now we were in England and we could take off our masks if we wanted yeah. to uh, everyone was out everyone had no masks on but. We did. We were yep. the maniacs with the masks on. We were the people that wouldn't eat inside. We were, so we just, like, we associated with people that have been going out and doing things. Yeah. Um, We didn't, the only time that we ate indoors was we kind of got stuck in a pinch the very last right. night. So that was the only time. Well, it's uh, a remarkable thing that, because the article that I read that said one in 13 was a couple of days ago. So it was right about two weeks mm. from the 18th of mm -hmm. March. Makes sense. Go figure. Go figure. What do you, who could have who could have predicted? Who could have known that COVID would act exactly the way COVID has acted for fucking three years now? First of all, how dare you with three years? And secondly... <laughs> It was such a mind fuck, Dan. It really was. It was like traveling to a different time. I mean, as as a number of Sezhuvians have pointed out, your experience of London is the experience of going to, right. you know, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Right, right. Or Indianapolis, Indiana currently. You know, any number of, you know, Houston, any number of places here in the U.S., I think, would also feel like traveling back in time. Would you think that it was that extensive? Because it was truly oh, yeah. no masks. I think that it is no masks in okay. a lot of places. Here, people are still wearing masks outside even sometimes. Yeah. So... Which is good, because you know what? If it's fucking 1 in 13 in the UK, it's going to be that here soon. Yeah, uh, in talking to our relatives there, it does seem that uh, the village that we just visited is now completely inundated with COVID. Fun. Fun so. times. But Maureen, I don't want to mire ourselves in COVID for right. once nah. in the last three years. Don't, stop saying that. I and instead, it. I want to start this very Says Who podcast by celebrating the victory that happened in Amazon's Staten Island warehouse this past week when the Amazon Workers Union formed, organized 8,000 workers at once. Unheard wow, this of. Is, this is incredible. One dude kicked it off, Chris Smalls, a worker who was laid off after walking out to protest pandemic working conditions in 2020, vowed that he would unionize the warehouse, was rebuffed by traditional unions that would be doing that kind of thing, uh, didn't follow any normal 
unionizing playbooks, Amazon vowed to crush him. Quote, general counsel back in April of 2020, David Zapolsky said that their plan was to make Chris Smalls the most interesting part of the story and, if possible, make him the face of the entire union-slash-organizing movement. I mean, I guess mission accomplished. Yeah. He and the hundred of organizers that he put together to get this done won. Outside the warehouse, when they won, Maureen, he said, and I quote, We want to thank Jeff Bezos for going to space. Because while he was up there, we were organizing a union. <laughs> that guy is the goddamn greatest. I he mean, is. this is genuinely a staggering achievement. Yes. This guy did it. One guy. Yeah. And um, I have... He started with one guy, grew from there, but he was very much the driver of this thing. I have a sad confession to make is that before, say, the last five years, I never read much about the labor movement. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't something that, uh, it just wasn't one of those things that I read a lot about. And that has changed over the last couple of years. Yeah. And finding out more about the history of unions, uh, I kind of grew up in one of those houses that, um, this isn't what I felt. It was kind of what I was told is that unions were kind of shady. Okay. It was, I was raised in an, and then, well, that was one part of my household. And the other part actually got into the union and was like, my mother was like, this union provides us so much protection. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just, just the monumental achievement of this is, they kept calling it the David and Goliath. And it really is. the. I mean, that's not hyperbole. It's a real David and Goliath victory. Well, it is even at, at like a union level, like one of the things, so. I have a I have a different experience with unions. I've always been very pro union. I did not grow up in a house that was, you know, a union house by any mm-hmm. means, but uh always have back when I worked at the Chicago Reader a million years ago, uh in the production department, we actually tried to unionize the production department. Uh when I was there, we met with the typographers union, which was there there are a lot of old school uh design-based unions in Chicago. Typographers, Graph Design Union, I believe. There's a couple others. We met with the typographers. Uh, the guy, the the union, like the organizer, the rep or whoever, offered to meet me and uh, my friend Paul and this other woman that we worked with at, uh, at a place by the union hall, like a burger joint. It was called like Fat Mats or something like that. Um, and uh, it was literally... A cop restaurant is <laughs> across the street from the police academy. Uh, next to it was like a police uh, novelty T-shirt shop. Mm. So it was like, this doesn't seem great. And then the three of us were there. I was probably, I don't know, 22, maybe 23. Um, so it was my friend Paul um, and the other woman we were with, similar age. This guy walks in. He's older. He's probably my age now, I guess. But he walked in, took one look at us, sat down and said, well, I guess I'm not going to get you guys interested in our pension plan. <laughs> we were like, what? Like, we we would like to unionize our shop. Are you with us or not? Uh, they were really not. Um, but anyway, it is a lot of work 
to do. And there are a bunch of things that you're supposed to do. Like everyone has to sign union cards. And when you have a certain percentage, I think it's 30 percent, uh, you can hold a election to unionize uh, according to the National Labor Relations Board rules. Um, but the general consensus is you don't hold that election until you're over 50 percent of cards signed. They held that fucking election at 30 percent. Like everyone was like, what are you doing? They were like, we're fucking doing it. And they did it. God, I like these people. <sighs> I, I like them a lot. I spent that night kind of going down a rabbit hole and reading about a lot about um, an incident that I had been certainly never learned about, which was the Greenbo Greensboro Massacre, which was took place in 1979, which originates with... Uh, a bunch of labor organizers who were working to help people that were in fabric factories that were getting brown lung from particles in the air. Yeah. And they organized and they, they organized under, they were a communist label. They're like, they, I forget what the actual organization was called. Yeah. But they held a rally called death to the Klan Cause there was a lot of Klan in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, um, the Klan came out and um, was informed by the police about where to go and came out and shot a whole bunch of these organizers and killed them. It was yep. caught on camera. You can watch it because <laughs> there were a bunch of cameras there. And um, so they know exactly who did it and they know who told them where to go. And no one was ever convicted. <laughs> no one ever. I don't think anybody yeah. ever went to jail for it. And they killed five people. Sounds about right. There's a lot of stuff like that out there, oh, yeah. Dan. There's so much of it. I mean, I'd yeah. heard about the big things like triangle shirtwaist fire and things like that, but there's it just goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah. And there's I just feel really not uh, like I'm like why have I not throughout my life known a lot more about this? Right. Well, I mean, I think throughout your life has been you know an undermining of unionization unions have shrunk significantly you know mm. as auto plants have shut down as uh reagan you know crushed a bunch of federal unions um including the air air traffic controllers um but it's interesting because it 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 does feel that we are in a moment right now that has the possibility of a renewed union drive with amazon mm. you know this is one shop right but it's 8000 people that work there in one of these warehouses, um, they join Starbucks, which had the first Starbucks location win a unionization vote only in December in Buffalo. Now, there have been 10 other votes in Starbucks locations, including just last week in Manhattan, like mm. the big flagship Starbucks. Um, you've got Amazon and Starbucks both suddenly realizing like, oh, shit, what do we do now? Starbucks just brought their founder back. Howard Schultz, because the belief is he is a better union buster than the previous CEO. But the fun thing, Maureen, is all these fucks are going to lose. Because there's a lot of power in organizing. Good job, everyone. Well, Dan, how many times do we lead off with kind of good news like that? Very rarely. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. So now let's bring it down. Actually, it's not, we're not going to bring it down. Okay. What I'm are we going to do? Of. Are we just going to bring it sideways? We're going to bring it sideways, Maureen, because it is time Boy. to talk about Disney. I'm ready. I'm always ready. 
So I think it's probably worth catching uh, more recent listeners up first before we get into the to the current events regarding the Walt Disney Company to catch them up on the history of Disney and says who. So says who originally was going to be eight episodes long. It was going to end with on election night 2016. I almost said 2020 election night 2016. When we decided to keep going, uh, we decided that it would end when Trump was out of office, which we assumed was not going to last four years. That was going to happen suddenly and quickly. And our plan was whenever the news was announced that he was out, we were basically dropping everything, getting on planes, flying to Disney World. Celebrating that he was out of office, recording our final episode and the Says Who podcast was going to be over. Remember that? You know, I in piecing that together for the notes, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) It was not only were we going like I remembered like, oh, we'll celebrate it at Disney World, but it was going to be done. Yeah. What we were celebrating was the end of says who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously. That didn't that happen. Didn't, didn't happen. Didn't, didn't happen, happen. In, a, in a few different ways. He did not leave office early. No. By the time he finally did leave office, there was a fucking pandemic happening and we weren't going to fucking Disney World. Still, still not really going. Yeah. But the idea that someday we will all meet in Disney World, we will all celebrate, it will be wonderful, has not gone away. And so there's always been sort of an interlink of Disney and says who, I would say. Is that inaccurate, Maureen? That is exactly what happened. Yeah. And so the last month... Disney has come back in the news, and in the last week, it has come back in the news in a bananas fucking way. And it's like a confluence of all things says who at once. (sighs) I'm girding my loins. So first, Maureen, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Disney was the bad guy. Because they didn't use their considerable influence in Florida politics. They fucking chicken shit it out. They did not squash the don't say gay bill before it was even fucking started, which they could do. Yeah. It is, it is a a significant, uh, it's, it's, it's probably a couple zip codes, isn't it? I mean, Oh yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. But it's not just a couple zip codes. It's tens of thousands of employees Yeah, and it is millions of dollars of lobbying money that they have spent forever. Right. Yeah. Uh, Instead, when it came out that they had not, lobbied against it. Disney CEO Bob Chapek offered a weak sauce explanation saying, quote, I believe the best way for our company to bring about lasting change is through the inspiring content we produce. That's that's the sound I make to that. Yes, that was not just the sound that you make to that. That was the sound that Disney employees rightfully made to that. Called bullshit up the pressure on management, including staging a series of walkouts that culminated in basically much of the studio staff walking off the job a couple of weeks ago. That pressure worked. Once again, fucking power of organizing people. Disney reversed course, of course, only after the fucking don't say gay bill had passed in Florida. 
They announced that they would work to overturn it. Seems like a back-ass word way of doing things, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, and also to work to stop copycat laws in other states. They also announced at the time that they were going to rethink their political donation strategy generally to better reflect their values and that they would pause all giving to Florida politicians effective immediately. So, you know, too little too late in a lot of ways, but maybe they saw the error of their ways. Well, Maureen Johnson... Have you ever read uh, Howard Zinn's People History, People's History of the United States? Yes. Radical historian Howard Zinn. He wrote an autobiography, whose, the title of which has stuck with me ever since. It's called, You Can't Be Neutral on a Moving Train. <laughs> and I think Disney has learned the fucking full meaning of that <laughs> phrase now. Because in their attempt to play the center... To not upset anyone. They are now the right wing's new fucking boogeyman. Holy uh, Jesus Christ. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about trains, some are never late. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of days ago, the organization Media Matters, which tracks things like what Fox News is reporting on. That's got to be a fun job. Oh, my word. That's got to be a fun job. I don't think that's a fun job. I think I, that job that's, has to have it's one of those, quite a bit of PTSD uh, attached to it. That job and like going through Twitter complaints, yeah, reported tweets and stuff. There are just some jobs where you're like, oh boy. Yeah. Oh no. They wrote a report that Disney had been mentioned over 350 times in the last week on Fox. <laughs> Combined amount of minutes... Added up to over three hours of coverage. In how in how much time? Oh, in a week. Oh. <laughs> there were at least 53 segments dedicated to it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Largely, those segments are dedicated to claims that by supporting LGBTQA Americans and speaking out, and mind you, speaking out incredibly mildly. Yeah against the don't say gay bill that they are grooming children that mm. all of their cultural output is about quote unquote grooming children mm -hmm. this is of course the same fucking rehash of the same fucking homophobic attacks that have been going on forever yeah and it's worth noting that they are also same lines of attacks that anti-trans pieces of shit like J.K. Rowling have been saying for. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allergic know, to her name. <laughs> quite, a, yeah, no kidding. It's a visceral response now. It's all the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it's all fucking finally combining to form some kind of hate Voltron. <laughs> Dan, first of all. Writing down hate Voltron. <laughs> um, Dan, it has been, first of all. Yeah. My adventures on Facebook. I have learned. I, I oh, haven't no. really, I haven't been going on. Yeah. I stayed good. away. Good job. Largely but. at this point, because when I, the, if I even try to look, they show me sad stuff about dogs. And I'm like, why, no. would, why are you doing this? And then I run away. 
That turns They're out- like, look, this is the best thing we have to show you. This I, Honestly, I feel like it's trying to save me from something. It's like, if you come here, I'm going to show you something sad about a dog. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'll stay away. Um, but the number of people that are committed to pretty much full-time Disney lifestyles. Oh, yeah. Um, I never realized it, I think, until Facebook, how much of a like a really full on, like hundred percent commitment. Yes. To the Disney life. Oh yeah. So in many ways, Fox, good fucking luck. Yeah. It's a fun battle to watch. Um, and secondly, boy, oh boy, are we in a weird, terrible time for, for bigotry for, I, I do, I have spent a lot of, of time watching the J.K. Rowling follies. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into them because I don't want to upset anybody. Uh, TLDR shit show. Like just really yeah. just conspiracy theories. Like she is really it. Watching her circle the drain has really been interesting though. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this is how it happens. This is how movements get broken apart. And this is how people get, get fall into fall into a conspiracy trap. Yeah. Um, and you and watching it on such a large screen, just watching someone really degenerate to, well, it's just going to be her and I guess Graham Linehan sitting somewhere and two writers that if you told me 10 years ago that I would be absolutely regarded as nut job villains, I would have said, yeah. are you in, like, those people are great. Yeah. Yeah. It's remarkable. And they have fallen 100% off the trolley. Like they, Grandma had burned his whole life down. Yeah. And then blamed everyone else because he's like, why doesn't anyone want to hang out with me? <laughs> why am I sitting in a room alone now with nothing, yelling into a bag? Yeah. Well, bigotry it, will do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely a level of sort of cutting off your nose despite your face going on mm -hmm. uh, here where you have lots of folks now saying that they're going to boycott the Walt Disney Company. Good luck. Which is have fun. good luck with that. Good luck. Have, look, have a great time. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, hey, now, does that mean that the parks will have less fucking MAGA assholes? Because I'll go. Yeah. I mean, don't threaten. great. Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. That's fine. Of course, you get things like, uh, like, Ohio senatorial candidate and uh, author of Hillbilly Elegy, J.D. Vance, mm. vowing that he's canceling his Disney Plus subscription and then oh, days no. later tweeting about the prequels that he's <laughs> watching with his kids. Honestly, come on. Good good luck, everybody. Yeah. Have a good time. You have uh, conservative shitbag Ben Shapiro Mm -hmm. claiming that he's raised $100 million to create new children's programming. Honestly, Dan, right in my veins. Just <laughs> Can you imagine the fucking misery that that will be? And also, as, as uh, The Verge editor Nile Patel pointed out on Twitter when it was announced, so it's $100 million, $30 million a year. Trying to counter Disney's cultural output with $30 million a year, as Nile said, is like throwing a pillow at Godzilla. 
are we just going to skate over the fact that he hasn't raised a hundred million? Like there's no way. Yeah. He also has definitely not raised a hundred million dollars. Okay. That's fine. Like I just wanted to, you know? Yeah. Um, but (laughs) can you imagine what that lineup would be like? (laughs) Is it just, I imagine at least three hours a day would just be flags, just flags. Yeah. Just people waving flags. There is a, there's a, a whole world that didn't exist when our teenager was a kid does exist now that our kid is a kid of like YouTube entertainment. That is basically search engine optimization for kids. Mm -hmm. So like uh, there was a point in time where uh, our little one was obsessed with an entertainer called named Blippi, I believe was his name. And Blippi's claim to fame was basically he had a song about every possible truck. So like there was garbage truck, bum, 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 garbage truck, dun, 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 dun. Uh, and then there was. I would watch uh, that. It was watch a monster that. truck one that, oh, monster trucks are big and monster trucks are loud. He's right. Yeah. Um, but j- so. I could see them going that kind of way where it's simply like get some asshole to write some songs about things kids talk about. (laughs) But I also don't really think that they really know anything about kids. So there's that. It's just flags, Dan. I'm telling you, it's six. (laughs) I'm eight, ten hours a day of just someone waving a flag. And if you didn't watch it, you're. Fucking weirdo friends on Facebook will yell at you for not being a patriot, for not watching the fucking flag waving show. Doesn't even exist yet. And somebody's yelling at me for not watching. (laughs) So in addition to sort of fake threats, there are slightly more serious threats being lobbed toward the Walt Disney Company, too. The first is coming from conservative Florida lawmakers and has been at least somewhat endorsed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, which is to revoke the independence of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the area that encompasses Disney World that was created in 1967 when Walt Disney himself lobbied Florida lawmakers to set up 25,000 acres of swampland as a governing district. It's meant that since the passage of that law, Disney is essentially in charge of its own zoning the Reedy Creek Improvement District's Board of Supervisors, all of whom are controlled by the Disney Company. There are two cities or two towns in the Reedy Creek Improvement District that are populated exclusively by retired Disney employees. They then make up the Board of Supervisors. Um, so the, that Board of Supervisors, uh, if Disney wants to build a new castle or something like that, they are the ones to approve that instead of Orange County or the Orlando government. That getting approved by the government body. That's how it works in Anaheim where Disneyland is. And that's exactly why Walt Disney didn't want that for Florida and lobbied to get it done. What it also means though, is that Disney pays for all the roads, the fire department, the trash collection, all the other city services in those districts. One can't imagine that Orlando or the Orange County around it wants to suddenly take all of that on. And certainly the people that live there would suddenly get a bit of a shock with their tax bill. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Equally interesting is it's not just Florida shitbags that are getting in on the action. Republicans at the federal level are now questioning Disney's copyright 
Yeah. Your eyebrows just perked up. I'm I'm scanning, but I'm ke- keeping sort of back. Yeah. Because I want to be surprised, and you just surprised me. Yeah. Awful Colorado Republican representative Lauren Boebert. Why do you have to say that name to me? Tweeted just yesterday, Maureen. Ooh. Next year, the woke Disney lobbyists will ask Congress to extend Mickey Mouse's trademark. I think not. Laura Ingram on Fox has called into question Disney's copyright. Let me tell you a little story, Maureen Johnson, about the U.S. copyright law and the Walt Disney Company. Story time with Dan. It is. I love it. So copyright exists in this country for people like you, for people like me, people that make stuff to be able to put it out in the world, to be able to retain ownership of that thing just because you put it out in the world for a certain period of time. Yes. That period of time used to be not very long. I think it was somewhere on the order of 14 years or something like that. And then you could uh, apply to extend it for another 14. So it was a total of 28 years. Back in 1909... That was extended, so it was a a default 28 years, and you could reapply and extend for 28 years. So it was 56 years. Uh, The Disney Corporation became a driving force in copyright law since 19 in the mid-70s. Because at that point, Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie, that's right. The first synchronous sound film cartoon. Starring a little rascally mouse would be uh, up at that 56-year point. Uh, so they lobbied to extend the light, the the life of copyright from 56 years to instead the author's life plus 50 years or 75 years for works owned by corporations. That lobbying turned into the Copyright Act of 1976. That would mean that the copyright to Steamboat Willie would have expired in 2003. Well, that's why the Disney Corporation lobbied in the late 90s and won again the copyright law that was passed in 1998, which is known as the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act, because Sonny Bono was involved in lobbying as well. I I forgot that Sonny Bono was a... Yeah. That extended the ownership of copyright once again, this time revising copyright to the author's lifetime plus 70 years, or for corporations, it was 95 years from the original publication or 120 years from creation based on whichever expired first. Now, that sounds like a really fucking long time, right? Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, it does. But it means that Steamboat Willie Maureen Johnson expires on January 1st, 2024. Do you know what else happens in 2024, Maureen Johnson? How dare you, sir? (laughs) How dare you? We're just barreling towards it, aren't we? Yeah. We're just barreling towards it. But Maureen Johnson. Why don't we just skip ahead to it? The presidential election of 2024. Okay, you guys, look. He's a very rude man, Dan. He says these words that none of us want to hear. <laughs> these bad, bad words. Is now forever linked 
with whether or not fucking Mickey Mouse's copyright is going to be extended again. They're happening at the same time. So, of course, they're turning Disney into a fucking culture war thing because now they can think they've got them by the balls. Like, that's a pretty nice mouse you got there. Stay if stars doesn't happen to your mouse. Ben Shapiro, January 2nd, 2024, could launch a fucking Mickey Mouse cartoon. Just flags, just flags. It's just going to be Mickey flags. Mickey Mouse in black and white waving a flag. Do you know how people love flags? They love flags, just flags, just flags. I know people on Facebook that literally just post pictures of the American flag whenever they see it. And one of them carries a flag with her. Just well, that's nice. Literally brings it with her. It's fascinating. That's that's awfully festive. Just, just she took a flag to the beach. Just put it, just popped it down in the sand next to her. Just I'm carried. not a big fan of uh, forever copyright, Maureen. No. And I am person. It is a personal affront to me. Yep. That I now don't know which one of these fucks to back. I, I fuck <laughs> Disney Corporation mm. or all these pieces of shit. Mm. I'm personally angry that I've been put in this position. This isn't this. Uh, I don't want to make you paranoid, but this is about you. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it is, in fact, about me, Maureen. Oh, Dan, it is. Only April 2022, but we are, I feel like it's when I realized I made that bad decision when I went to a water park and I hate, I took some people to a water park knowing mm -hmm. that I hate water parks. Mm -hmm. And then you, I've waited in the line for two hours to go down the tube slide that I know I'm scared of. Yeah. I feel like I am 10 steps from the top where yeah. I can't get back down again and I'm not in it yet. But I know I'm about to be in it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right, Maureen. I'm 10 steps from the top. It's going to start this year, Dan. Oh, oh by the way. But started. Listen, also, there's nothing to worry about because True Social is also going to take over Disney programming. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, mission accomplished, Truth now, Social. Truth Social also had a bit of a bad week. Yeah, they have. Yeah. It's... But I mean, this is the kind of fucking bananas week it's been, Maureen. Like, Truth Social has had a bad week. And I was about to make a joke and say, well, you know, it's okay, though, because Truth Social doesn't need to exist anymore because Elon Musk just joined the board of directors of Twitter. <sighs> and then I realized that we are almost done with this episode. And staring down that particular fucking piece of hell is maybe something to put off till next week. Hey, listen, everybody. Um, I'm on Instagram at Maureen Johnson Books. And I realize that's on my Facebook. <laughs> There's no escape from any of these fucks. Listen, I'm just trying to pick. It's imagine going to a buffet. Like you go on an old country buffet. And it says, you know, okay, do you want you? We have mashed potatoes with um, with uh, rocks in them. Uh, we got this gravy. It's old. It's been, this is a gravy we've had for about uh, six years. 
may have botulism in it. Uh, it's just a selection of bad foods because you got to eat something, Dan. <laughs> yeah. You got to eat something. What do you Indeed. want at the buffet of bad choices? <laughs> Dan, is he going to bring Trump back on Twitter? Is he going to do that? Is he going to do that? Dan? Dan, is he going to? I had that thought entered my head today. Mm-hmm. And then I cast it out you're, you, like you're, a demon. Right. You protected yourself. Yeah. Um, but but I, is he? And, and the reason I cast it out was because I went, I said to myself, I don't know where Elon Musk stands with Donald Trump. And then I realized I don't want to know. I don't want to have to research that. I don't want to have to fucking know that. I fucking hate that I know enough about that piece of shit already. I believe that Elon is probably edgelord enough that he would say, bring him back just to see what happens. Yeah. Not because he likes him or doesn't like him. Yeah. But just because. Yeah. We'll certainly see. And if but, he if he comes back, oh if boy. he listen to look, you brought it up. So if did I? True social is already going down the tubes right now. Yeah. He's going to be upset. He's mm-hmm. going to be sad. If he gets his accounts back, that changes things. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's always been a question in my head. If he actually runs for president, which let's face facts, he is. Yeah. Were all of these major social media companies actually going to keep a presidential candidate, let alone the Republican nominee off? I've, I have a hard time believing that they would stand by that. I mean, that they, they did throw out. The president of the United States. Yeah, but with 10 days left on his presidency. <sighs> you know, they waited until every possible avenue, including a fucking coup. Once the coup failed, they were like, okay, I guess we can take him off. That guy's going to go. Anyway, here's the thing. We have a little initiative called Says Who You. And if you want to unplug for a bit from fucking social media or the news or anything else, you should enroll in Says Who You. What does it mean to enroll? It just means do a thing. Probably away from the computer, maybe away from the computer, certainly away from the news, certainly away from all of this. Wave my hands in all directions. And then you do a thing and you come back and you share it. With the Says Who group on Facebook or just with friends or family or whomever. On the group this week, people have been building a greenhouse. That's pretty fucking great. I would love a greenhouse. People have been doing embroidery. People have been learning new language on Duolingo. I like Duolingo. I want to do that. Oh, Duolingo's good. People, Maureen, have been making soup. I love soup. You do love soup. I love to make soup. And someone's even digging into the recently released 1950 census records, which is my kind of fucking nerdery right yeah, there. I, yeah, I'm surprised that's not what you're reading by your bedside at night, to be I'm honest. Not. I'm not. Everyone's reading like, about the multiverse right now. The by census my is coming. The census. I, Maureen, for my says who you, I took a page from your book. Oh, you cut your I've eye? I've been rearranging my workspace. Oh, okay. Cleaning it up. 
I my workspace had become a massive thicket of cables. I took I had this little shelving unit that I'm that I built at one point that was just full of old electronics and shit. I cleaned it all out. I moved everything that could move down there. Now I have a nice, clean, open expanse of a desk. I built a whole new computer. Yeah, you've really been building stuff. I know. It's been great. Your, I believe your son made a video game. He made a video game over the weekend. Yeah, he took part in a game jam, and he made a fucking fun as hell video game. I played it. It's so fun. It's very addictive. You you have to juggle trash with a trampoline. It's very hard. And it, But sometimes you get presents. You do. You do. It helps you. It's a good game. It's a good game. It's called Keep Your Trash Off My Lawn. Find it on itch.io. Honestly, this is a... You just... Some things I hear and I go, that's so sinker. Like, that's... (laughs) It's true. That's so sinker. Your son makes a video game over the weekend about keeping trash away. Basically, about how other people are being a bunch of assholes and you're trying to prevent it. (laughs) And you can't. Ultimately, you can't. can't. However, you do have a trampoline. (laughs) You do. You do. But anyway, do some says who you this week. Get away from this fucking never ending fucking shit storm that we live in. (laughs) Share it with people. And says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com. You did this. You did this. Who? This is all you. Our Patreon, where every Sunday you can get this all a, over again. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't if know if we give sh- it the five or ten dollar a month level. Sorry. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at Hey, that's H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast dot com. You can join the discussion. You can share your Says Who You stuff. You can just be with other great people on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also the fan run Discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who Discord and spread the word. Spread it. Really? Yeah. Tell people about this very podcast. Spread it. It's pretty good. Spread it. Subscribe, leave yeah. stars and reviews. Spread it. Wherever you listen to this thing. Yay. And you can join us next week, <laughs> next Wednesday, week. April 13th, for our next episode from my basement in Chicago. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm not going to get into any more trouble this week then i love that that sounds good i got a lot of writing to do dan that's good a lot you'll get it done dan don't you dare you will <laughs> look at it the eyes got big <laughs> i just i i believe in your I'll, ability to get it I'll, done i've read enough of your books now to not worry about you what, getting them what done. happens when i reach near the end of the book dan you Worry that you aren't going to get it done. Yeah. Then you get into some sort of fugue state and you get it all done. Like a berserker? Yeah. You write like a berserker. That is kind of true. Yeah. That is absolutely. This is not my first rodeo, Maureen, of watching you write a book. Let's see how many books you have seen me write. We started in 2016. Hmm. I can't remember which one I was working on. I think that you were near the end of Shades of London. Oh, was I still? Oh, wow. Okay. I was uh, probably doing the Shadow Cabinet. Yeah. And then, so. And then Truly Devious would have been the next one. There was also the How We Resist. Yep. 
in that mix. So you were here for four truly devious books. Yep. Probably the Shadow Cabinet. I mean, definitely you were you were still early in Shades of London when we got to know each other. Because I remember one point I was in London and I sent you a text being like, where do I, what Ripper tour should I do? So that was still, you were still in that mix. And I said, Donald Rumbelos. Yeah, you did. Um, wow, so fun. One, two, three, four, five, six. And change, this is seventh book, I guess. Seventh yeah. novel, you probably, okay. That, I don't know. And then some other books as well. Yeah. So you've, so seen, seen, you've, seen, you've seen this. I've seen you, I've seen this pattern. So you think I can do it? I know you can do it. Are you just saying that though? No, I'm hundred percent. The- I have not a single fear. Early on in all of this, I used to get very stressed out mm-hmm. about Watching. your books. Right now, I am not stressed out. Now at you're all. just like this is just her. This is just your process. Mm. As a fancy person would say, this is your praxis. No, do you, how dare you? I don't even know what that means. No, I, I don't think that's. I think I don't think that's it. Hmm. What is a praxis? I got to look it up now. Practice as distinguished from theory. Yeah. Accepted practice or custom. This is absolutely your praxis. Mm. I don't know. I don't like it. I only like our flag means death. Oh, it's so good. Finished it last night. Yeah. Also, I'm very happy to report that I didn't know this, that this is based on a real story. Oh, a hundred percent. I did. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a real steed and he needed yeah, to so go off with Blackbeard. A, we powered through that show in like a week. And the teen who also has been playing a pirate based video game, uh, looked at like happened to do a search, I think for Blackbeard and ended up on steeds Wikipedia entry. And yeah, he was a gentleman pirate. He commissioned a boat called the Revenge. He left his wife. Like the whole, like so much of that show, the Republic of Pirates was a real place. But like, so, I didn't realize that. There's also yeah. Republic of, oh, so yeah. good. Um, yeah, so much of that show is based in some level of fact. And God, it is so good. It's a weirdly, I almost, I want to be careful because I don't want to over talk it. Because then people will be like, well, you're overselling it. Yeah. Just watch it. It, the, I will, as I've told a lot of people that I told to watch it, the first episode is, is very broad humor. Mm -hmm. The first episode was not what I was expecting. The first episode, I spent the whole time being like, I feel like I'm watching Monty Python and I don't like Monty Python. Hmm. Interesting. And then, but it is really just an establishing episode to establish tone, establish character, and then it just goes from there. And holy Jesus, it is an amazing show. You don't like Bonnie Python? No. Fascinating. I don't. Wow. Also, Taika doesn't come in until episode three. Right. Which is it, great in a lot of ways. Yeah. You kind of forget that he's associated with it. Yeah. And then he appears. It is it's surprisingly emotional. Oh, Yeah. In a big way, but in like not a bad way, in a really good way. Oh, in a super good way. Like by the end, I was like toes curled, like, oh, oh boy, yeah. oh, 
scary, real faster. But it's also super duper funny and very weird. Yeah, and it's um, so good. It, it's a. It doesn't really have a. There's nothing quite like it. I can't be like it's like this or that. It's sort of its own thing. Yeah. I mean, that guy is he's next level, and all I want is for him to get anything he wants. Yeah. Like if he just wants cheeseburgers thrown through his window, throw sure. cheeseburgers through Do his it. window. Give him what he wants. He's a yeah. nice man. This is the thing to me is that he, uh, all of his shows and, and movies are basically the same, right? They are all like lost and sad person finds a new family through, you know, people around him. And I love that fucking story. I could fucking that like I, I am in on that always. Yeah, he's so good. He's really good. All right, well, we've ended it with uh, something good. There you go. Now just say your name and we can truly be done. But Dan, <sighs> we won't really be done, will we? We're like seven minutes over at this point. Well, a couple minutes of that is going to be shaved off. Sure. Just from my you office want me in New York. I'm Maureen. It's John. Saturday night. Is that what uh, you're at? No. no. No, I wasn't. All right. Well, bye-bye. <laughs> this has been Says Who.